All right, we're going to go see this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and we're going to see one of my favorite, strong, Irish characters of all time, April O'Neil. I can't wait. Two hours later. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We saw two movies, and we're going to talk about it. Start the theme. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am Scott. And I'm Joe. And we are Just Another Movie Night, and this is before and after reviews, and uh, we, my wife has been sick. Yeah, I got I got the COVID. I got it. And, and uh, uh, knocked me out for a good solid five days, so my voice sounds kind of funky. It's that I'm still recovering. Yeah, we saw a couple movies. We got to catch up on a few movies this weekend, and... Uh, we got to see a sneak peek of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, uh, Mutant Mayhem. Boys, where have you been? <laughs> Look, we're really sorry, Splinter. Some of the guys wanted to get pizza, and I tried to talk them out of it. Yeah. You ratted us out. Hey, don't use that word that way. I mean, it's 2023, Sorry, Mikey. Dad. <laughs> hey, guys, if you weren't monsters that were shunned by society and we could do what we wanted... Ah! What would you guys do? Go to high school. Maybe get a girlfriend. Not like that. Police are baffled by the recent crime wave led by a superfly. Nobody's ever seen his face. Why? Because he destroys anyone who does. No, not cool. A bit cool. Can I change it? We pick out superfly and then everyone will accept us. Can I change what? Whoa! Chit, 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 chit. What the? That's a little tortoises, huh? I can't believe there are other mutants. It's time for mutants to rule the earth. We can't stop him. We gotta try. Michelangelo, you have heart. Donatello, you have wisdom. Raphael, you have bravery. And Leonardo, honor. Together, there's nothing you cannot accomplish. Directed by Jeff Rowe of uh, Mitchell's vs. the Machines and um, artist Kyler Spears. Uh, written by a bunch of uh, people. Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Jeff Rowe, and Daniel Hernandez and Benji Summit. Um, yeah, this is the first one we're going to talk about here um, at the two movies we saw. Uh, yeah, uh, we just got to see the sneak peek of this movie. And um, I was really excited to see it uh, because... The voice cast, the animation, uh, everything was kind of uh, stepping it up in a new style. Uh, very familiar of the Into the Spider-Verse series mm -hmm. of animation, trying new things. Also, Mitchell's Vs. the Machines, which is also a great movie. Yeah, we like that movie a lot. Um, yeah, we just got to see this. And um, I made a joke in the opening here that uh, April O'Neil, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always joking around that less and less Irish characters being uh, <laughs> replaced in movies. And uh, I actually... We'll just say that uh, she was great. The character was very good. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the changes. And I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, she was uh, adorable. Overall, I think we both can say that we love this. I mean, I'm 100% obsessed with this. I thought it was adorable. Yeah. Um, I loved everything. Every aspect. Yeah, every aspect. So can I just say that, yes, Raph is my favorite turtle. But in this particular film, I think I just completely fell in love with mikey he's so cute <laughs> i'm a donnie character fan uh, i love donnie i've always loved donnie uh when i was a kid on the playground i always wanted to be donnie uh i like the i like the nerdy character i always have i always will and i think they did all of these characters a lot of justice they really did they did they nailed like making them stand out as different characters that's always mm -hmm. been a problem with the turtles and that's funny because uh kevin eastman's book and uh peter lard they they both uh, always had that thing where the turtles always looked the same and they all had the same color um, headbands, which was always red, mm -hmm. and they had white eyes. And the only way to stand it, like they all stood out was their weapons. And uh, it's been a running thing trying to make them stand out as individuals. 
in every form that they've been in. And I think this might be my favorite version of that because, first off, they nail it. They're teenagers, which I think they've always felt more adult Mm -hmm. in all the uh, incarnations of them. Here, they're full-on kids. They're learning. They're idiots. And they like pop culture and everything that that kids would like today. And they're referencing them all. And all of them have individual tastes. Yes. Yes, they all do. It's, it's it's adorable because there's so many, they make movie quotes, um, references and stuff like that. And it's just like references to Attack on Titan and yeah, anime and things like that. Like, and then like they totally went above and beyond to make them look, like you said, different with the glasses. Donnie has glasses. So we know that he's a little nerd. The bulkiness, the, the size. Yes. The, you said um, Mike has braces. Mikey has braces, which I motioned to you during the movie. I said, well, who's his orthodontist? That's so true. I mean, who's putting these braces? That is really funny. I guess Splinter is stepping it up as being a parent. I mean, okay, Splinter. Like, do you want to talk really? about Splinter? Yeah. Oh my God. Can we just talk about Splinter? He is so. He was precious. He was like. I mean, Jackie Chan killed it. He he he's well, so wonderful. People have been wanting Jackie Chan to be Splinter for so long, and this isn't the Splinter everybody's used to. He's not the. Uh, the you know meditative uh, a ninja no, warrior he's type like character, a cardigan wearing old man. <laughs> yes, and the way that he decided to teach them uh, all these uh, martial arts <laughs> is freaking hilarious. And yes. they use actual live footage of movies and television and YouTube, yes. which I absolutely loved. I thought that was a really funny joke. Yes. And Jackie Chan. I just want to watch him in the audio booth doing the comment, the, the dialogue. Oh my god, me too. Because this was some of the funniest dialogue for a character. It Everything was. he was saying was making me laugh. I know, and I like love how they came, like they went so far away from the Orokosaki thing. Yes. Oh yeah, they didn't even they didn't even want to try. I'm like, this is incredible. Like yeah. what? But it was um, Jackie Chan just brought some warmth, and he's just so adorable. Yeah, he really is. He brought the warmth and the humor. He was funny. It was. It was precious. Yeah. It was precious. We got to talk about the art. Okay, yeah. 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 They used um, multiple layers of art styles, which um, Spider-Verse also does. Mm-hmm. Um, they're using uh, 2D, uh, CG. They're using so many different techniques, and the color was beautiful. We, we got to see this on a, a screen X screen. Didn't have the uh, the sound uh, side screens working. It didn't do it, but uh, the screen was gorgeous. Like, the picture looked beautiful yeah all was. the colors were popping yeah the the art style <laughs> they, they actually could make um with this art style they they made the grotesque looking bugs and stuff look kind of cute and endearing yeah <laughs> i will say that some of the animation moves extremely quick and sometimes a little blurry to yeah. see your eyes can can't really process sometimes mm-hmm. um but i get that that's the intent of that is to be quick movement but uh, I still absolutely love seeing it. I love the little details. I love that um, the turtles themselves, their eye colors matched their headbands. And I thought, well, that was a great intention of why they use certain colors. Mm-hmm. That they were picked because of their eyes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a really cool. We, we didn't get an explanation of why he named them the way he did. No, we yes. didn't. We, Which would have been a... Interesting to why he would have chose those names. Well, in the 1989 live action film, I don't recall them really saying either. He just said he gave them all names. He gave them the names of his favorite artists. Did he mention that in the in the original? I think that was definitely where brought up in almost every incarnation besides this one. Oh, really? Here, that doesn't make sense because this character would not like renaissance no it doesn't artists seem as though kind, no yeah. no he wouldn't name them pop culture jokes yeah this, right uh, the splinter yeah i think so too the splinter was definitely different he he was more like uh grandpa <laughs> He's yeah so I, I really like that uh, but, uh, can we talk about the bad guy <laughs> yeah so yeah i i guess if my my i guess my my only drawback is maybe the last half uh, the the battle with the villain it kind of gets a little i don't know if it's rushed or if it's just a little too forced it comes out of like everything just works it just comes and, together it, it it was a little bit forced uh, yeah i will agree that it was a little bit um not forced but rushed rushed yeah. along because we had a lot to to go through 
in the first half of the movie and then the end was like the big, you know, the big battle. And um, it just seemed like it was over in a flash. Yeah. Which is a shame because I think what you really wanted to talk about was the villain here is a joke on Baxter Stockman and what we know of him from the cartoon. Mm -hmm. And now he is called Superfly and they perfectly (laughs) casted as uh, who? Ice Cube. Ice Cube. And so, (laughs) and he's having a ball. I mean, it's it's pure perfection. Yeah, it's pretty perfect. And you know what I got to say? And and this is like an unusual thing. Um, I noticed this throughout the movie, and I absolutely love it. Because it's something that's always bothered me with pop culture. And I I think I praised it recently in the Shazam sequel, which some people hated. But I love it. Um, I love when kids actually talk like kids do in real life. Mm -hmm. And so that means that they would be referencing all kinds of pop culture or what's going on what what is the new fad what's the new thing and in movies a lot of time they get around that because they don't want to advertise for somebody you know they so a lot of the characters won't be written to say those kind of lines they'll Mm -hmm. just uh use kind of like vague references and because they don't want to show any promotions for other materials. Right. And so a lot of companies will back off on that. But what I've loved recently, some of these new directors and writers are from the the school of just enjoying pop culture and they're nerds. Mm-hmm. And you see that with like James Gunn and uh, uh, I think, I, I don't remember who, um, I'm forgetting who does uh, Shazam, but uh, he also, you can see that he's just referencing heavy things that he loves mm-hmm. without even caring about the idea of cross-promotion. Right. But here, uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, they absolutely love things, and they're not going to hide from it. No, they are very pop culture nerd. Yes, and so here, they reference everything. They don't care. Um, This is Nickelodeon and Paramount, but they won't stop saying Batman. That's true. They say Godzilla. You know, that's legendary. Like. Godzilla's they're, mentioned a few a times. A lot. In this. Uh, they, they, they're referencing so many uh, rappers. And, yes. Well, they um, said, um, they said and, that, oh, you know, all, not all humans are bad. I mean, you know, Beyonce. Yeah, they say a <laughs> bunch of people there yeah. are Drake. Um, but they, they do that. And it's just, you can tell that's Evan Goldberg, Seth Green, uh, Seth um, Rogen, just mm-hmm. loving those. Like, I, this is how I would say things. This mm-hmm. is what I would joke around about, and this is what teens probably would kid around about. Yeah, what's going on in YouTube or TikTok? You yeah, know, like, you can tell that you. It kind of comes out a little bit in the turtles. How like what kind of people Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are. Like you can tell that they are like nerds, and like, they're, they're also well versed in what's going on in the world. Yeah, like what people like, and yeah. I will say, the score. The soundtrack, the soundtrack to this is movie a- excellent. is excellent. And I did not expect when it said it was Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Right? I, I think know. that's who uh, yeah. Trent Reznor's partner is. Yes. Right? If, I, if I'm getting that proper here, I hope I am. But the soundtrack and score, it was great. That was fantastic. I mean, they could not have used the usage of music. Like, they put a lot of rap and stuff in here. But, you know, I, I would say, what, some 90s rap. I mean, there's like 90s rap going on, you know? And, yeah. Is is pretty awesome. I'm like, okay, Seth Rogen picked this soundtrack. Yeah. All right, that's all I kept thinking. But then when I saw that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross wrote, did the score, yeah, and I was like, I wonder how much <laughs> they had in common. Like, they're using uh, what's going on. Oh yeah, uh, four non blonde. But it wasn't even the not four non blonde version. It was a different. Yeah. It was the uh, the joke version mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who does that. It's like the DJ mix version. Yeah. But, it, was, uh, it was cute when they all had like they had a sing along to that move to that song, and I was like, that is the classic sing along song. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cute. <laughs> yes. Also, we got to point out at the very end because the cast is excellent in this movie. Uh, well, ca- my girl, Maya filled. Rudolph. Yeah, but my favorite is at the end credits, they make a stab at a little joke about Paul Rudd, and they say, introducing Paul Rudd. <laughs> and first off, I didn't even know it was Paul Rudd done in the movie, and I'm usually good with the voices. Like, I knew uh, Seth Rogen mm-hmm. and uh, John Cena mm-hmm. uh, were the voices of Rocksteady and Bebop. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I thought it was um, um, uh, Adam uh, S- um, Sandberg. Oh, okay. Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. The whole time I was like, that's yeah. Andy Samberg. No, it was Paul Rudd, and I was not expecting that. It was that. funny. But when it like, said introducing, yeah, I thought that too. was funny. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God, how do we not know? First of all, we love Paul Rudd. He's yeah. a national treasure. So we like always know everything that he's in, and we can catch his voice, but yeah. I didn't catch it. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a little weird because uh, I wonder how heavy Turtles fans are because Turtles is something that has never gone away. There's always um, an incarnation that people love, like the animated uh, Nickelodeon animated shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're very popular. and People love them. And I think that every version, maybe not the Michael Bay, weren't so popular enough to get another one. But um, every version, I think, is does very well. And people are always interested. But every time there is a new version, I wonder how fans are going to take it. So I don't know because, let's face it, the comic books were violent R-rated comics. They, they're they nothing like the animated shows have ever been. And every version of it has gotten a little more light and lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And I think that this one did it even more so. But they changed a lot that I think people are not going to expect. I, well, I was going to actually talk to you about that too because... How do you feel about all the um, upbeat, happy changes as opposed to like, like you said, like Splinter was very different in this. Like we're expecting him to be like a master of, um, you know, jujitsu. You're expecting a little bit of more serious uh, martial arts uh, mixing in. Yeah. uh, Personally, I never stopped smiling once in this film. I really, really liked it watching this movie yeah and so it didn't bother me because of how much fun i was having but like i'm saying i can see that some of the changes especially to the end half with like characters like rocksteady bebop that are completely out of left field changing the the entire tone of yeah. those characters uh i i love seeing some of the toy characters that i haven't seen since i was a kid like uh wingnut and uh, <laughs> uh genghis frog and uh, I love mondo frog. gecko <laughs> I mean, seeing those oh characters blew me away. I was shocked to see them. But like, as as a um, a comic book person, how how do you feel? You, you that, can't even talk. Yeah, you can't connect those like, two. But. I mean, still, like, I mean, there's a lot of um, fans of tur- the turtles mm-hmm. that will probably be like, "What the hell? Like, they're learning jujitsu from a freaking YouTube video? Like, what is this crap?" You know, like that's it's off. It's very that, that like, out of left field. But do you think people are gonna be mad about that? No, I think that, and, and I think that's why I'm more interested in hearing somebody else who would get like who is a hardcore fan, and there's like things yeah. that they don't want changed. I can see that those people exist and wouldn't. I mean, enjoy they definitely some of this. like you know that's like uh, them heavily changing Godzilla to the point where you're like, okay, what? You know, that's like your property. That's your thing. You love it so much. I think inter- interpretations can always work if they're done well. And I think this is done well enough that mm-hmm. I was really enjoying myself. But I could see a lot of people saying that, you know, uh, oh, I found the f- a humor force and I feel like these aren't my turtles and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I can see those people existing. Um, but pr- I can only speak for myself and say I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I, I, I think that I was very shocked to see a sequel bait um, teaser in the credits. Uh, this movie does have an end credits. I don't. We didn't wait all the way to the end, but there was a midway. Mid-credits scene. Mid-credits scene, scene yeah. that sets up a sequel possibility. But what this movie did made me question how they would do a sequel. Because yeah. a lot has changed in the finale of this movie. Kind of is what maybe three movies normally would have gotten to. Yeah. This movie feels like the end and the beginning of a series. It does. It does. Because there's things that happen that we can't obviously spoil, but that makes you think that, okay, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to move on from this? But, um, I, I feel though, like as just a moviegoer, like just going in and I have not read any of the comics or anything, but I, I have seen all the uh, movies from like the 1989 live action and stuff how this holds up for me, like how it compares to those, I I think this was fantastic. It was completely different yes. from the live action movies that, with the art and everything. And also, I mean, being animated, it's completely different. But I just went in thinking, wow, this is a really fun time. Yeah. You know, like I, yes, I know about the turtles and how I know their backstory and how they came to be. So when I learned on the screen that it was different this time, I was like, Oh, okay. I wonder if people are going to get upset about this. Yeah. I didn't get upset about it because I don't. I'm not that emotional over yeah. it. You know, I, I, it's. I'm fine with change. It's so fascinating that Turtles' history is so fascinating because the comic book started out as a violent joke on superheroes, and it, it like Shredder dies in like the first issue, um, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, 
they they were always a joke. I think when Matt Murdock, Daredevil, in the comic books, got the radiation in his eyes, that's actually how the turtles got made in this comic. It was like a joke. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not even the same company, you know? And uh, they just were making a lot of jokes. And so I think people probably who read those comics, they were very cold and underground. Uh, When that cartoon happened, that must have been jarring for people reading that comic because they must have been like a Saturday morning cartoon based on this really violent ninja joke comic. Yeah, Uh, that's, that's really odd. So everything that's come after has really been an interpretation of that Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. And so I always found that fascinating because this is an ever-evolving franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never... I think that the Michael Bay movies actually got closer to being darker with yeah. also having that lightheartedness. Trying to balance... And I actually say that uh, the the original two movies, um, especially the first one, is very dark for kids. And I really thought that that was maybe the closest to the comic that they've gotten. Well, the first way you mean live action where like the Raph is action. like in the tub and almost dying? Yes. It, yeah, it's a, it was brutal. And I, and I still hold that, like that movie needs to be talked about as like a ballsy comic book film mm-hmm. that needs to be praised a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people see it as cheese because they might be mixing in that second one where the weapons got taken away virtually and it was more of them kidding around. That first one is a dark movie i mean they do kill the villain in the end in that first movie and that's exactly what happened in those comics like Mm -hmm. that's very close but every version since the two all the live action versions are a little darker but all the animated versions have been very very lighthearted. and i think that this is maybe the most lighthearted i've seen yet so Mm -hmm. i know some people might be turned off by that i particularly like a good happy story for kids Yes, there was a, a lot, lot of, of kids in this theater, too. So yeah. it seemed like they had an enjoyable experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I love, there's nothing better than doing a movie that's for everybody. Not right. just specifically making a movie for kids, but making a movie for both mm-hmm. uh, the adults who are going as well. Oh, we and were the children laughing. Bringing. We, yeah, we had a great yeah. time. There's nothing better to that because that treats kids just like they would treat an adult. It's not treating them like special. Right. Like, you know, not dumbing these things down, which I absolutely loathe. Mm-hmm. Here, it's referencing all the things that kids are probably going to get. Yeah. Uh, and every age of kid, actually, mm-hmm. you know. So, I, I, yeah, I would definitely recommend this is a this is a good one for me. Uh, yes. I, I particularly loved it. What do you think uh, you were giving it on a review? Oh, my God. I, I definitely had such a great time with this movie. The visuals and the adorableness of all the turtles and everybody er- – all the other characters, all the side characters. I just loved everything about this. I thought it was adorable, especially Jack, Jackie Chan. He's so endearing and sweet and adorable. So, like, yeah, I know I'm overdoing the adorable, but <laughs> I'm going to give this an 8. I yeah. loved it. Uh, I will also give this an 8. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the only thing that was holding me back uh, was that last half is kind of like rushed together, things happen, and things just work out. Mm-hmm. And it... it it feels like it wants to go to half stakes, but then it also feels like, eh, we're still trying to be lighthearted. Yep. So it, it kind of goes back on that. And I think that the end villain, the last villain that they fight in this movie, kind of is a mess uh, to look at on screen. It is so hard to like stare at because there's so much going on in it mm-hmm. that you can't even make out half the animation to put into that thing. Yeah, it was, it's, it was it's a lot. It's wild looking. Yeah. It's, a, it's a blob of things. And it's <laughs> like a really a weird, strange thing to look at. <laughs> but uh, overall, I came out, like I said, with a, with a really good, enjoyable time. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a smile on my face. So I was pretty happy. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we're going to move on to another movie we watched. We uh, got to see Talk to Me. <laughs> Have you seen the group chat? You're doing it again tonight? No. Please. It's my mom's remembrance day. I just want to forget about it. Who's up? I'll do it. Cannot go for more than 90 seconds. Am I clear? What happens after 90 seconds? <laughs> Don't want to stay. Light the candle to open the door. Blow it out to close it. 
Put your hand on it. Now say, talk to me. Talk to me. feel like felt amazing i could see and feel everything on the other side so my mom she was trying to reach out find you still been saying stuff you've been saying stuff what if we open the door but we didn't shut it I like you. They're not gonna stop. They're never gonna stop. is a brand new horror movie i believe it's by first time directors um from uh, australia. australia yeah uh, yeah th this uh this is an interesting one because online i've been seeing so many uh people talk about how brilliant it is and how it's like everybody's favorite horror movie of recently uh, that kind of blowing me away i believe uh the directors are daniel um philippou how do you say that? How do you pronounce uh, that? I'm, like I'm, I'm going to butcher it. Yeah, Danny Filippo. Yeah. And Michael Filippo. I, I guess uh, they're related. Brothers, maybe? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. That they, uh, this is uh, an interesting one, especially after seeing the, uh, the everybody talking about it afterwards. Yeah. You know, like uh, the critics or reviewers that I've seen online have been really, really, really going for it. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of surprising a little bit to see where, uh, you know, it's gone with uh, reviewers. Uh, so with me, I feel like after seeing it, after seeing the hype, because we had to skip it where we normally would have skipped it and had it in our BR Friday movie or whatever, we would have seen it on Thursday, whatever. But uh, because we couldn't, I got just to see the blowups like, Okay, best best horror movie in years. Uh, this is the definitely the best movie of horror movie of this year. Um, I don't know if I agree with it. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that hype. No, I don't agree with that hype at all. Where I would say that right off the bat, and I think this is like all first time actors, which is really weird. We got to point out some things, all right? This is um not all first time actors because there's one actor in this movie playing the mother, who we actually know from Lord of the Rings. Yes, and we caught at least three lord of the rings references in yes. odd ways that we were like i wonder if this was intentional it's miranda otto who plays aon in lord of the rings she's yeah. the mom and so like right off the bat it's like okay I, I don't know if i was overly looking for it because i i know that this is you know she's in this and i was like overly looking for it but they do mention elves they do there's a there, the room is number 111 <laughs> A character says, a character actually says, uh, before you even introduce to the mother being that actress, mm -hmm. a character says to another character, um, he looks elvish. And they said, what is that? And he's like, you know, Lord of the Rings, like elvish, like elves. And I was like, oh, that's fun. And then I saw the actress and I said, wait a minute, isn't that uh, from Lord of the Rings? Yeah, but and she's I was like, not what an a weird elf. Setup. She's yeah. a human. Yeah, no, but just, you know, kind of funny. a connection. Uh, yeah. And then when, when they went to the hospital, you said, oh my God, they're in hospital room. 111 which is uh which is bilbo's, bilbo's birthday. birthday and uh we i and then i think after that i don't know about you but i was kind of looking for more weird references i could have sworn there was another one i just don't i mean remember. there could have been and, and and if anybody noticed the references to lord of the rings in this movie that was kind of strange i wish that the actress had the ring around her neck because she oh. does have the ring in this movie, and I was hoping that she would have it on her necklace, but she has a different necklace. But I'm like, if they, she had a ring around her neck, that would have been I even would lose weird, my mind. Strange. But like, can I just? Um, I want to backtrack for two seconds. Remember yeah, you mentioned the brothers? Yeah. Well, they're the brothers from Raka Raka. No, they're not the brothers from Raka Raka. It says it in here. It says it on IMDb. I thought that they were the friends of them. 
It says Danny and Michael Filippo. Get the fuck it out of here. Is it really the, the Racka Racka guys? guys? Yes. It says they have attracted more than 1.5 billion views on YouTube with over 6.5 million subscribers. It is the Racka Racka guys. Yes, it's very crazy. I okay, thought, that is mind-blowing. I, I, that makes sense. I think they're, aren't they, they're Australian? So that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. I honestly cannot believe I didn't yes. notice this. Okay. That's, yep. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Did I just read that? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That blows my mind. I mean, mind. there's not one person on earth that hasn't seen a Racka Racka video, but if you want to go to YouTube and look them up, oh, they I do crazy the, they videos. They got in a lot of trouble. Crazy. They've been yeah. in a lot of trouble a couple of times. Yeah. I think their, their channel keeps getting removed and uh, stuff like that. Wow, that's mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. I, that makes the movie even more interesting. I, I love seeing uh, these movies. You know, Australia has been really killing it with horror movies. They constantly are putting out some really interesting stuff that I am I was actually surprised to see that this was such a big theater release. I know. And that so many people want to see it, but I know why. There is a really strange hype for uh A twenty was it twenty one? I always say twenty four. Is it A twenty one? It's A twenty four. Why am I always butchering that? I don't know. I don't you know. shouldn't so you shouldn't butcher A, it. A twenty four A twenty four has this really interesting fan base that when people see it, they automatically think, Oh, this is gonna be so interesting or so strange that I have to go see it in the theater. They've really got a big following for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of their movies it's hit or miss with uh that whole track record. Like, I don't think people went out to see The Green Knight, you know, and yeah. which also looked like it had a giant budget. But other movies like Midsummer and uh, Hereditary have had a really interesting uh, fan base built around it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I will admit, that company does put out a movie. I'm intrigued because they seem to set out to let filmmakers do what they do. They don't seem to hold it back uh, or interfere which is a really great thing you want to see. And so when I saw that this was a, an Australian fl flick, am I, am I right? They are Australian, right? This is an Australian movie yeah. or is it New Zealand? And I, can I don't no, want to butcher that either. It's Australian. Yeah. I thought they were from New Zealand, but I was wrong about that, I guess. Um, but yeah, do you know the one brother, he had something to do with the Babadook. Yes, he was involved in that. Um, let me see what he did on the Babadook. Yeah, production runner. Huh, he okay. was the production runner. Or the Babadook. So, so, yeah, okay. That really is surprising because the movie is toned down from what they normally do. But beyond that, I mean, there is good directing here and very subtle setup. You know, like, I think the, the most impressive thing about this and why I've liked that scene that people have loved it is that there is great subtle uses of scenes. They, they don't automatically set you up for jump scares. They're taking their time. They're slowly building a world. And they're when they get to horror, they don't beat it over your head that it's horror. It just shows you things. And right. it's up to you to like how you can react. And for that, the movie is impressive. Yeah, it has a creep factor without actually doing those uh, crazy, cheap jump scares. You know, it has a creep factor on it. So I like that. Yeah, there, there is a like a skeevy feeling. And there is a... As a scene in particular that is using gore mm -hmm. in a way where you wouldn't normally see it. And I think that because of that, it stands out as being more intense. Well, I'm I'm assuming you're referring to the character that gets brutalized. There's that, a kid. Yes, yeah. there's a kid Usually that gets brutalized. Yeah, it was that was very jarring. Very jarring. Yeah. Because I was cringing. And during horror movies, it's very rare. Unless it has something to do with eyeballs. I don't cringe like uh, you know shy away but yeah i was like squirming a bit in my yeah. seat because i was like wow that's that's ballsy and I, I think what's impressive about this film is the way that they set up characters because the first half of setting up these characters is good yeah i kind of really enjoyed this uh there's a dynamic between our lead character who um you basically see that her life is basically her friend's family yeah. She feels like they're like a surrogate mother and uh, sister and brother. And she's very attached to them. And that, uh, that dynamic is well set up and established. And I really enjoyed seeing that build. But I will say that the lead character is kind of an asshole 
in in a, in a setup. In yeah, setup. Are you referring to the character of Mia? She is our yeah, yeah our lead. We follow her through everything. Yeah, we actually see everything through her eyes. She's she is an asshole. And she's an asshole. Yeah, it, it's almost like you don't want her to win. You, you don't. Know? Yeah, and they go out of their way to keep doing things where they're showing her in a bad light or bad choices, and that she is since we're seeing the movie through her eyes. We don't even clearly see her father. Um, it's always in blurs until the last act, which is a good way to set up things that occur in the film. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to go out of its way to say that she is just cut off from everything besides what she wants. That's and, true. I mean, it, in all fairness, though, this character has gone through major trauma. Her mother committed suicide. Yes. Now... Yeah, go on. So there's like um the whole premise of the movie is that you know these a bunch of kids get together and they have this hand that they say is actually a, a, an old fortune teller's hand, and it can tell the future or it could talk back to you and you know it's got special. It's things. very well. That's a whole another conversation right. about what's a problem with the film. But yeah, but this is like uh, her getting involved with this hand is something that I guess the character needed to help her get through her mother's death. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just gets crazy from there. Yeah. Uh, it's And I think that's where a lot of the problems come in. Uh, this is a very interesting setup and is a very interesting and unique approach to movies of the genre of, I, I don't know how you say it, but uh, the afterlife and uh, afterlife horror. Mm-hmm. This is a very unique and interesting approach. I thought this was going to be more like the monkey's paw type story, but it's not. And it, is a it's a way of doing a possession film with being clever. It's a clever take on that. Yeah, it actually is very clever, but there's also problems with it. There's a problem, and I and I wanted to back and ask you that you said um that she um that she has a trauma in her life, and I wanted to ask you about that. Do you think that's getting to be cliche in horror movies? Absolutely, it is. Where mm-hmm. it couldn't just be that you know it's a girl and. She's a normal person and she has a normal teenage life and normal friends and has like, you know, um, an idea that she's alone and she can't connect with people. Instead, they always have to give these characters some kind of trauma to go through. Yeah, you know, it can't just be where it's just an average girl who has, you know, just an average life. You know, she hangs out with her friends. She, you know, smokes pot here and there. She just does kid things, you know. Can't just be that. No, it has to be like every other horror trope and have some kind of horrendous, you know, backstory. It's tragic that makes the character even weaker. And easier to I guess that's overcome. true. I guess for story purposes, it has to happen. But I feel like because of that, it feels very... It's cliche. Kind of tired in yeah, a weird way. It's cliche. It's very cliche. I, I, I'm okay with it if the story works around it well. And I, I think it's really interesting that you brought up the fact that they worked on The Babadook. Because that movie also has a f- same feel of this film. While also being maybe metaphor like maybe commentary on depression and you know things like that this movie also has that Mm -hmm. but the problem here whereas the babadook i think does that better um the problem here is the rules are very sketchy and confusing and i think that even in reviewers i've been reading about it have been pointing out that they keep calling whatever's happening in this movie demons now, that's not true because of the ending, but because people are seeing that, it is coming off that the spirits in the film are demonic. And that's where my big problems come in with the movie, because I I think that it's being a little too cruel to depression and people who are ser- uh, who are experiencing mental issues mental illness yeah, and mental and, illness and stuff and also this does not um i mean it, it i don't want it, it it just makes uh suicide front and center um but it doesn't do anything to um make it, it actually sheds a bad light it on makes on that mental worse. health issues and it, it makes those those issues that people have out there way worse yeah. way way worse and it actually gives uh depression and suicidal thoughts 
it it actually it's virtually calling you ins- a demon. It's insulting to the hu- human being that's going through those yes. things. That's how it does play out in the end. Although mm-hmm. that ending is pretty good. It, the, it's it's a sketchy movie. It's it's got a it's got that problem of the rules of this thing, and they wanted to keep it um, purposely sketchy because they want you to they want you to not understand what's going on as the characters don't. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when things do occur or things are happening, they seem to just change rules as it's going along, and you never really can feel that you understand how things are working and you also question too much of the main actress's vocal point and like um focal point of where what what is she seeing and are we seeing things are we being lied to is this a false narrator right and it doesn't gel into the ending to make that answer come out it's yes. very very confusing still at the end it is very confusing also to add to that i i think that um, teenagers these days, like, it seems like in the movies, you know, usually teenagers get scared, they run, they freak out, but this particular movie had, like, teenagers that were laughing, and they were setting up this, you know, whole situation and scenario. Because and they're they, idiots, They yeah. thought it was hysterical, yeah. and, and this is, this is literally, you, you know, you touch this hand, and you say... Well, you say you stuff know, and you see things. things to, you know, you say, talk to me or whatever. And you can see things. Things that you don't normally see every day. Yeah. And that's not jarring and scary well, to them. They well, are laughing about I, I it. will say that that does feel very teenage. That does very feel because it's like drugs. You know, mm-hmm. they could kill you, but you keep doing it. And, right. then, and then when the day something bad happens to you, then you're like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that. Yes, of and course. this is like a drug. They're showing this like drugs. Yes, I yeah, and I totally get that. But, like, when something crazy and creepy does happen, it's hard to react to it a lot, of, you know, a lot of the time. Because, you know, you see these kids laughing about things, and it's like just a parlor trick, you know? I see what you're saying. So when it's something to... creepy happens, you're just like, okay, is this supposed to be like... Are we supposed to be like, eh, you know, whatever? Are we supposed to be like frightened by this? Or it could actually make you frustrated with the characters. Like, yes. you're, you're idiots. So it's very, but um, it's challenging, you know, when I you're th- trying to think of what, you, you know, what are, we, what are we supposed to be thinking about here? It does keep, that is a smart and clever way to keep you involved in the, in the uh, idea of what's going on True. in the movie. It, it is. is keeping uh, the audience separated of questioning what is going on. But I don't really think this movie is that kind of movie no. overall. Although I will say that I absolutely love the way that they nailed the afterlife or purgatory. Mm-hmm. There's a very creepy version of it where we've kind of seen things like this before and within the Insidious series and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And recently, anyways. And I think that the Insidious one, the version of it, isn't explaining itself enough. It's kind of a weird convoluted area of whatever but in this it feels okay i see why the things want to do what they're doing i see what's going on here and that is creepy but the movie like i said is revolving around a false narrator and it is kind of it's kind of it comes out overall and i don't think i think if some of its messages or some of its uh plot is kind of uh, sketchy in it a, is. In it's a kind way. of damaging a little bit to people who do suffer from like yes stress it, and mental health issues and stuff it's i there's a there's a little bit here that i was just like okay what are they saying are they saying you know that this is it is demonizing you know, these it people. is demonizing I, and, and, and it, it is. is a little and i think uh people have complained about the babadook doing that as well mm-hmm. but i do think the babadook is showing you that how things could get out of control and how right. it's about ba- battling mental illness kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that movie cleverly builds that and, and uses it. But I will say that, that the end of the Babadook also bothers me. So I, I feel like where a lot of people just see these movies and they go face value, it's great. I, I think we look a little deep mm-hmm. on these movies and I think we dissect the meanings of them a little bit more because I feel like I have to as a yeah. movie viewer. But uh, I... I do think there's a lot here to impress about. I think there is a, a, a uniqueness and a very clever concept to actually make more movies on if they wanted to. Yeah. It is a uh, 
it is an idea that could just keep being followed by other, you know, characters and a very smart way to make a franchise if they mm-hmm. wanted to. Um, for that kind of stuff, I enjoyed it. And I do think it's above average for a lot of horror movies that we've seen. I, I agree with I that. I feel like horror movies, you feel like they're diamond doves and sometimes. You've mm-hmm. seen, you feel like you've seen one, you've seen them all kind of sometimes. And I think that a lot of people feel that way. But horror is such a popular franchise because... It gives us the emotions we want when we want to see a movie, and that's why we love it so much. I think yeah. that's and why. And a lot of the time I take it super personal because I go in there and I'm like, motherfucker, did you just mess up a, a horror movie for me? But You, you know, know, but this time I was like, you know, yeah. I was okay. I was, I I feel was this... not upset. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel, and I don't know if you agree with me, and I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but I feel like this is very reminiscent of how I felt when I saw Smile. Yes, I had that same feeling too. Although I will say that um, Smile had a lot more creepiness going on for me personally. This one had creep factor, but not, we're talking creep factor 11, like Smile had, they, they were some really like, holy shit, it's creeping me out, like making me squirm. I think that Smile used jump scares to maybe yeah. its fault. I think that the jump scares were where it was starting to get back up. Mm-hmm. And some of um, its gore could cross into um, campy in mm-hmm. that movie. But that movie had some really clever directing and score. Um, this movie is is good in those territories. But I think that the difference for me is the lead character in both movies. I think that in... Uh, what's her name? Saucy Bacon, I always call her. Saucy Bacon. Okay. Saucy, Saucy Bacon. bacon. Uh, I think that she <laughs> nailed the, the 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 what she needed to go for tonally in that film. I think that mm-hmm. she nailed it. Here, while I like this car- this actress, I thought she was good. I don't know her from... I haven't seen her in anything before, no. I believe. Uh, while I like her... I feel like her character and the way that the movie is framing her or, or or as we're following her, I don't think it does her any justice. And so I think that the character kind of gets kicked back and that kind of hurts the film a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's how that's how I pretty much came out of this movie thinking. And it's been I've been thinking about it for a day. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a disappointment in Smile and a little bit of disappointment in this one. Um, I did feel that. A little bit in this in this movie uh, talked to me that there are some characters thrown in there that I guess we should have known a little bit more about. But at the end of the day, mm, yeah, it didn't really matter. You it, know? it really doesn't, and it does. It does. Uh, I think it opens the conversation to being like, "Well, what was this? What was that?" Which yeah. sometimes is a good thing, and sometimes I'm like, "Yeah." So, what do you think overall? What are you scoring this one? Um, see, I want to. I, I did enjoy this movie, but there were some issues with it. I don't think it was a solid seven. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with a six. I mean, uh, you know, no point system. I would say it's a higher six, but... Mm. Since we, don't, we do numbers. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's why I do also agree. And since we don't do point system, and I usually tilt the scale in the direction I'm going, I'm going to go for a seven. Okay. I do feel like this is a movie that if I ever watch it again, I might enjoy a lot more of it um, after seeing it for one time. You know, it's hard to it's hard to clearly judge a movie after seeing it and automatically reviewing it. Um, I feel like a lot of movies need a second viewing or a data process. Mm-hmm. And this is one that I'm balancing on, but I do think it's clever. I don't think it's as clever and as successfully knocked out some people are saying it's scary i don't even necessarily think it's scary i I don't either i mean but it takes a lot someone said uh this was very reminiscent of hereditary and i'm like no hereditary is horrifying yeah that is there's stuff in hereditary (laughs) that is very generally creepy to look at oh yeah yeah this um i found some of it there's a couple scenes in particular and the way that they use possession or spirits very clever, mm-hmm. and that makes me enjoy it a lot more. But yeah, I couldn't go past the seven on okay. this. Yeah, I think that's a good score for now. It is clever enough, and that's what pushes it to that to me. Yeah. It is clever, and it is a, a very unique setup, which is very hard to do these days. That's true, and they did have really good gore when they did have gore. Uh, yeah, that the scene in particular 
any scene with the hand is very interesting and yeah. very unique and very clever. And so I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. And I and I give them props for that. Yeah, so. I mean, it was an enjoyable movie. I just feel like there's a little bit they could have added to it and some things they could have taken away from it to make it a seven yeah. for me. But yeah, I did enjoy the movie. I yeah. recommend going to see it. And I, I, this makes me love seeing this company's movie. Every time they, they are giving money to a company, this is why I want to go see them because... You know you're going to get something very interesting, yeah, very different. Yeah, with A24, for sure. I cannot believe... I'm sorry. Now that you told me it was the Racket Racket guys, I, I'm shocked. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, though. <laughs> I'm very surprised. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that the movie's not more gory. You know, I, I actually did have that thought. I yeah. did have that thought. But they did but maybe good they with the gore they did have. being smart by saying, let's back up a little bit. Maybe. I mean, this is a major motion picture that they're making here, you We're, know? We're living in a world where the guys from Raka Raka are going to be Hollywood directors. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. These are the guys that drove a uh, fish tank car and got arrested. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an interesting look into what the future holds for horror movies, and uh, I'm, in, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, I am too. And you know, I got to tell you, I love. Um, Australian horror. I love I do too. Korean horror. I love. Oh, Indonesia. Yeah. Some of the Indonesian stuff yes. is very interesting. Yes. Yes. Uh, very. There's I a mean, lot of when good other stuff countries. Yeah. yeah. And other countries do horror movies, it's usually, you know, a blast in, in one way or another. Yeah. And they're the, definitely showing us up. Yes. In so, America. Yeah. And um, I'm on board. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to more. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. And uh, that was our two-movie catch-up uh, trying to get on. I think the next movie we're going to see is The Meg 2. I can't wait. And, I'm, <laughs> and of course, to me, it's like, that's why I'm like, there's no way The Meg 2 is going to be better oh than uh, Talk To Me. That's why I'm like, when you give it a six, I'm like, Meg 2. I don't know. I mean, this is for corn fans, and I love a corny shark movie, so I'm kind of looking forward to it regardless. Well, we're bringing our our bad movie night group with us because they, they went with us to see the Meg, the first Meg. So this time we have to see it together. I mean, it's going to be talking trash, <laughs> and it's going to be great because, I mean, I love Jason Statham. He's such a... Jason Statham fighting a shark. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. we we The first Meg, I think we were really looking forward to it being corny and outlandish. Yeah. And I think that it didn't deliver. No. So I think that this one is definitely going to step it up. He and kicks the shark in the nose. He's kicking it. I, <laughs> I don't they know. They can devour a building. Yes. And he kicks he's it. kicking it. <laughs> I can't, I can't wait to go wait. see it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, as always. And uh, find us on social media and Instagram on uh, the Just Another Movie Night and Joe at Crafty Mistret. Yeah. And, uh, of course, hey, if you feel like it, we'd love to hear any suggestions for movies to do, movies yeah. to go see, movies to go talk about, or just the fact that you uh, disagree with our opinions. And we'd love to hear that, too, because yeah. I love a good discussion. Yes, yes, and, yes. And uh, I would love to see why I'm wrong or right on something. I love it. So You're, you're uh, never wrong. Ever. Everybody's opinion is uh, valuable to me. Yes. It's your opinion. It's how you feel. <laughs> it's your heart. I just love it because uh, maybe I missed something and I would love to hear that. I really like that. So, oh, yeah. all right. Thanks again and have a good one. The popcorn you're eating has been pissed in. Film at 11. Say, have you seen the karaoke? It's not a foxtrot or a polka. It has a...